Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Band of History. This week we have a very special piece of content that I'm going to give you guys. This is an interview I conducted with the magnificent Garth Hudson a few years back. I don't think he really needs an introduction, but Garth Hudson is probably the most underrated part of the band, most likely the most important member of the band, and somebody that we still have here to cherish from the band. It was a pleasure a few years back when I got to interview him. Now some context on the interview. I was working on a project on Richard Manuel at the time, so most of the interview is recounting Garth's experiences with Richard. There is some general band talk and some stuff about Garth, but it was mainly about Richard. Additionally, you know, for many years, uh, Garth has been known uh, by a lot of people as reclusive or not giving a lot of interviews. Um, And the interviews that he does give, uh, certain individuals have commented on the fact that he's not a good interview. This has persisted, especially since the last waltz. That conversation has been renewed with his non-participation in Once We're Brothers. The thing that we have to understand about Garth is that Garth lives... Uh, in his own particular world. And to give you some context here, uh, we set up an interview time with Garth. He was being inducted into the London Music Hall of Fame and he was making an appearance and performance there. And we had set up an interview late morning, early afternoon. We had set up, we were doing video and audio and he didn't show up. Uh, We waited for six hours before he finally arrived. Uh, So that just goes to show you that Garth does things on his own time. No, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but. Uh, he can be he can be a difficult subject to interview. We had a set series of questions that I was hoping to ask him, and, and you know he does answer quite a few of them. But additionally, he he likes to go off on his own uh, different stories and things like that. So it's it's very hard to keep Garth on track. But one of the most brilliant things about that is there's a bunch of things that you don't ask him that he just tells you, and you're like, wow, that's that's some cool information. So. Um, all the things that a normal interviewer would get frustrated with, they persist, but you get all these little unique gems out of an interview like this. And the last note before I show you the interview is, because Garth was so late, the room beside us had filled with a bunch of people that were waiting uh, for the ceremonies to begin, guests and, and other individuals. So there was quite a bit of noise that we couldn't control. But um, what we did was we tried to do as much in post here to minimize the noise and guys it was bad Um, so we tried to really make sure that you could all hear Garth uh, first and foremost and I've overdubbed my questions Um, the original questions I asked I've overdubbed with new recordings so you can clearly hear the questions so without further ado this is my interview with Garth Hudson 
What have you been up to lately? New Zealand. In a little while, a few days actually. And they are doing the last walk with New Zealand musicians, and they're all excellent. We've listened ahead through the 80s and so on. And, I, and John Simon is conducting as he did in the original uh, production. So I, I told John, you know, we want to leave New Zealand best friends with the piano player, piano players, and uh, best friends with the uh, sound uh, reinforcement. Te uh, technical people um, with piano players on it will listen again, or I will send ahead what I think they should listen to regarding um, Richard's work, which goes on through all of those albums. Almost every song, um, we would call it energy and an energy player and I don't have to talk about his voice. You know, he's a fine, fine singer. Um, but his piano playing, I, I suspect that few listen very closely, you know, and think, oh great, that inversion. But his rhythms and his <clears throat> ornamentation, subtle, and he would work out Patterns and uh, grace notes. They, one name is push beats. <laughs> you work that out with Levon, and so you have to listen. And I will do that again um, and make copies of little sections showing what Richard did. What made Richard uh, a different type of pianist? Unlike anybody else that I have heard, he's a master energy player. And that's the focal point going into a, a group that you don't know. Uh, you've heard him play a little bit. You would get together with the piano player and say, hey, let me give you a tick, tip. And there are a few spots that should be looked at. But should we all gather in the booth or in the control room listening for that one instrument, the piano? Um, guitar players should also pay attention to it. He was very good. Um, there's no one who can induce style and energy to the performing a song. Um, and there are spots where he would be unique. Now, Richard was a crucial element to the band's sound. Uh, take him away, and how different would the sound have been? There's no one better than Richard Manuel in the world, and at that time, this is a basic part of the band's sound. Okay, sound. If it doesn't have his piano, it's four other guys. He was a unit player. His, his projection was dynamic as far as his vocals. 
but also complimented everyone on the stage with his consistent energy style. And we could find 400 words more to add to that chapter, but certainly put earphones on and listen to Mr. Manuel as he guides us through the, the tempos. He was great with choosing the tempo and maintaining tempo. How did that work in conjunction with, say, Levon Helm? Well, Levon Helm said Richard was his favorite drummer. Richard would pick up the drums, and it was not an orthodox style. He played backwards, I think, some of the time. And it's, what is the, uh, the word for it? Uh, any drummer, Gene Krupa, would listen to Richard and take a lesson. With Richard also sitting behind the kit sometimes, how did Levon and Richard approach who was going to tackle a certain song? And certainly, he'd pick up the sticks and Levon encouraged him to play, I know. And they played together, you know, but his drumming, wow. And so for my purpose, for, for the dissemination of information on behalf of the band, I would look for maybe, it's possible Happy Trom has videos. Happy Trom's company of instructional videos. Homespun. Homespun tapes. We have to go to him quick and you can find it in the book. He works near Woodstock. He has a warehouse full of um, all instruments. And what I want him to find for me is Richard, Richard Manuel playing drums. He's got Levon. Yeah, I think Levon gives a little you know, a short lesson on the back and forth, the techniques, but, and maybe somewhere on some footage would be uh, uh, some, uh, yeah, somewhere is uh, a video of Richard playing. Just rhythm by himself, that'd be nice. But he, um, or maybe something with the other players, the rest of the band. We played with various, various people yeah, from around the world. But I remember what Levon said, well, Richard Manuel, my, my favorite drummer. And you think, well, he didn't pick uh, Cozy Cole or, <laughs> or David. Davy Tuff, or uh, Louis Belson, or Krupa, or uh, um, any of the contemporary guys, you know, the, the Memphis drummers, you think, and say this guy, and they're great. Uh, Purdy, I think it was uh, one fellow's name, was excellent. Gave that whole era their, its sound in the Memphis and we were around, we heard it, but Levon says, no, my favorite drummer is Richard Manuel. Wow, that's incredible. 
Richard had such a unique style, and it was very loose. Look at Rag Mama Rag, for example. Well, it's up to me and you to look for other examples of things. We've been playing by himself. You, it's something you'd be tempted as a, <laughs> a studio performer, quote unquote. Uh, we would be tempted to loop a section. Uh, looping means repeat, edit, edit. Uh huh, that's complete, that's complete. Let's put them in to end. And use his drums as a piece. Now, I will do that. This is not something that came to me in the last uh, last three days. I was from time to time while isolating his drums. There are other players, you know, that I like to have just what they did. No other instruments, and I would add or have people come in and help me. Overdub, Richard was good with overdubs. Do you have a favorite Richard performance or one that people should really check out? I recommend that everybody listen through his recorded, uh, his recording history and pick their favorites. But I have to rec recommend. Um, for vocals, uh, there, there are many of them. Oh, okay, Georgia. Oh yeah, the Festival Express. You'll see Richard and Rick. I think at their best. Uh, and Levon too. Levon was always at it. Uh, you know, a stellar performer. You know, Levon was a star. But Rick and Richard, uh, in Festival Express. I think it was Winnipeg. Calgary, um, that's quite a movie, but uh, Richard was great there. And the last waltz, whatever he did, we should search, you know, listen through and say, okay, okay, okay. Evaluate, assess um, his work. And in doing that, you know, because we're kind of, what we're getting ready is so we can pass on a selected compilation, a compilation of Richard Manuel vocals. I'm, I'm going to get his vocals. Four songs, five songs, and give it to the music fan or the young performer. Um, to listen to with earphones. Uh, right as rain, that uh, the words are tired nice. Very sophisticated approach to I think that was written with the big time in mind. Big time, son, big time. You know what, Ronnie? Speaking of Ronnie Hawkins, what do you think Hawkins saw in a teenage Richard? You know, for footage of Richard with Ronnie, you know, playing and so on. Richard was a good rock player as well. Yes, now we're getting somewhere. Um, but that's up to, to me and you. So give me your card. You know, give me your card. I may come up with something which is 
as extraordinary as, uh, as the others. Right, uh, right as rain is pretty good, for sure. <laughs> and listen to the Festival Express. First song in the first album, um, we carried you in our arms on graduation day. I think that's album one, side eight, no, side A number one. Um, the Dylan song. What was it like recording that first album? Oh, that's pretty good. For a first time, there we are in Capitol Records studio with the deals having been made right out of the turnip truck truck and down the street to the Capitol Records studio. And I think Richard did performances that are really worthy of note right there. Uh, what year? Uh, we'll have to write that down. And the date even, you know, you could celebrate. This was, uh, you get everybody together for the first capital recording of um, Tears of Rage. I guess I'm saying, let's all look for more. Let's look again. Go through what you know about. And another, and this will help in as we attempt to improve or, uh, yes, improve our own personal style. Do you remember any of your earliest memories of Richard playing? Probably 21, 22, 23, around that time. And Richard had just joined with Ronnie. And I think Rick, no, maybe Rick was first, and then Richard a month or two later. And then I joined up with Ronnie, and uh, I, I remember the equipment he was using. It was kind of nice, and I think you'll hear it, we'll hear later, <laughs> I use the term manifestations. Every instrument we touched was has a personality and he treated with respect. He liked Fender Rhodes, but he also liked the Wurlitzer. Um, he liked the Honer Pianet. Um, what is the name of the Wurlitzer? Oh boy, I think they had a special name. Um, I remember he, he would repair it, you know. Sometimes it would break a reed, uh, and you'll hear it later on. He would bring one into the studio. Rent one, um, his original world, sir, had an attachment on it. It was a, an organo made by the Lowry Organ Company, the Lowry Organo and you could add it to your initial keyboard, even a legit uh, piano. You could add it, a bank of switches anyway, that you mounted above the keys so that when you push a key down, it would draw, allow this pin in this assembly to drop, and that would open the circuit 
and the circuit was uh, one of the early tube uh, organ simulators. Uh, the organo folks, um, and he had one of those. So he'd be playing with the the Wurlitzer piano sound, and uh, he could switch on the organo. Then he would have an organ-like sound. I remember him using that. Now, in those early years, you guys spent a lot of time together. And Garth, I know you were quite the gearhead. Uh, was Richard a gearhead? Did he really get into the nitty-gritty in terms of the pianos, the Woolitzers, the organs, etc.? I remember him repairing it, replacing the little tangents, which they call reeds, that were the... Uh, I could spend another seven and a half minutes uh, explaining how the Wurlitzer uh, Pianet, I think it was called, all that worked, uh, but I won't. I remember when the group, after Ronnie, we left Ronnie and had to go on our own. We played various places, so we were booked into the radio bar and grill, I think, the radio in Rouen, Quebec. In Rouen, Miranda, the, the mines are in Miranda. It's one, really one city. city. Um, in Rouen, yes. So they had an old piano, and it was not in good shape. It, a, a lot of the keys needed work. Some of the um, Connecting rods, rods, wooden sticks that connected the key to the hammer. Some of it are broken. So Richard stayed up one night, all night, I think, because he did finish it the next day. Took it apart, glued, and I think he used thread and glue, and got the thing back together. And this is a regular upright. Uh, piano uh, in this little bar. Uh, we fixed it and it played. The radio, I think it was called, it's probably still there. Uh, I remember I came down in the middle of the night and there on chairs and tables, he had all the action all spread out. He was fixing it and he did. And that was my interview with the magnificent Garth Hudson. You know, I said it off the top, but Garth really is one of the most influential musicians in rock music, uh, pertaining especially to the organ, um, but also as a multi-instrumentalist. Really, at the end of the day, I want this to live online as a document of his legacy, uh, as a magnificent member of the band, as the most underrated member as the most important member of the band, in my opinion. And I hope you learned and gleaned some information from this. You know, we don't have these people forever. So it's really important that we document and distribute things like this. And, and you even hear that, Garth saying that in, in, in his answers. So if you enjoyed this, 
uh, and want to hear more, uh, you know, subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to and find us online on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Band Podcast. Um, Come join us there. There's tons of great content that we post there, as well as if you have any questions for me, just reach out. Everybody, thank you again for listening to this very special episode of The Band of History, and we'll catch you next time. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.